Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 265 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Souverine, Deputy Trade Attaché at Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder bar for this episode are Commander Edelweiss, a.k.a. Ben Moss Woodward. Can't talk now, I'm grinding my beans. And Commander Shan, a.k.a. Shan, the Lake Station Inhuman Resources Director. Hello. And we also have Commander Psycho Cow, who is tonight's silent tech. If you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in-game. Where the hell are we hanging out in-game? I will be lurking in Lave somewhere. I'm currently leaving Shinata Desra after getting all... Well, get, getting my clothes changed, I suppose you could say. The 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 um the void opal reward for blowing up Ben is still outstanding. Um, <laughs> I will personally give one hundred void opals, ton, well units of void opals, to anybody who can blow up Commander Edelweiss. So, uh, is, is this so meant to be in a fair fight, or is this meant to be in a Ben allows himself to be killed by somebody fight? No, preferably as as asymmetrical as possible. I'd, I'd sort of. You know, as close to seal clubbing as possible. I'd like a wing of of, of highly engineered cutters to come and just delete you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so is this like the Hunger Games or something like that? <laughs> like a very short Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. Preferably, bow, um, with a uh, Ben will have a bow and arrow, and um, <laughs> and the cutters will have plasma accelerators. If you can't get in game uh, to take a pot shot at, uh, at Ben, you can join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com forward slash live and clicking on live chat and also at twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. Well, how the bloody hell is everybody? Sham, tell us about your week. How many of your offspring have graduated from slash about to go to slash done anything else to do with university or or um, um oh trumpets. gosh it's been a fairly busy week this week actually on saturday i did the first of my test runs for this new fitness regime i'm doing well in my case it was a, it was a fitness walk which is basically i think a couple of miles running up a very steep hill and then down again timed so that was fairly exhausting but it, and it, was, it was all right. And then yesterday, I had the first of my three times a week fitness sessions with the group. And it was, yeah, it was, it, it was painful. And it still is painful. I've discovered I have muscles where I didn't think muscles were possible. So, yeah, but to be honest, I'm, I may ache a bit, but I'm really glad I'm on, the, on this fitness course. Because I'm starting to feel more active even mm. now. So it's six weeks or three times a week. And uh, how, how much have you done so far? Uh, just two sessions. Just so two this, sessions, yeah, okay. This is the first week. But um, Eldest Mini Shan is going as well. And Mrs. Shan is supposed to be going. But unfortunately, she's broken her toes, so she can't come. Well, she's actually really nifted about. Um, oh, no. Let me see. Youngest Mini Shan had his premiere today, um, trumpeting uh, the changing of the guard. <laughs> also awesome. in Oscar, so he he had thousands of people videoing him as he blew the trumpet and went back in again. He's also had some fun with the Extinction Rebellion people. Um, What's he been doing? He's been he's he's been kind of 
guarding the gate as they all kind of walk past. But what they do is they actually, because this is what I didn't quite understand, and you know, please forgive my rather brutal sense of humour, is uh, the House of Cavalry are there to guard the gates to one of the Queen's palaces in London. So you're there to guard mm. the gates. However, when a threat to the gates come, i.e. like civilians rebelling, they go inside and leave it to the police. Mm. Where if it was me, I'd be, I'd be right. I'm guarding the gate. Line up, weapons out, bayonets on, go away, kind of thing. That's guarding the gate. But yeah, but I, he he was kind of relishing the thought of stabbing a few hippies, but they weren't allowed. To, so. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for anyone who's put part in the in the uh, thing, but it's just that black humour. But yeah, he's he's enjoyed himself. Um, but this week he's been mainly about this fitness ordeal. Um, yeah. And there was, a, there was one of the most dreaded songs that they play was a song by Moby, uh, which is someone called Sally Up, Sally Down, and you have to lift these 10 kilo balls above your head and then put them to your chin and then just lift these balls up and hold it you know, <laughs> up in time with the Sally Up and Sally Down. Yeah, <sighs> anyway, I know the so, song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds fairly, fairly punishing. Um, have you been in game at all? Um, I cashed in. I only cashed in a couple hundred million void opals this week. I've been quite a light week, really, this week. <laughs> Is that where all your money comes from? Void opal mining? No, 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 no. Vo- no, that's just that's just pocket money. <laughs> right. Okay. I've been, I've been playing a long time, Steve. So you know, and I'm I'm, I'm a real tight so and so with spending money. So if you don't, yes, so if the rest of get us. Play- this idea that this this idea that just because you watch the pennies suddenly explains how you've got over two hundred billion it doesn't add up. You know, we're, we're I all two hundred billion. <laughs> no, but this is the fiction that I propagate. We, you know, we, we're all lifetime expansion pass owners. We've all been playing since the beta or Kickstarter or or, or you know whatever. So, um, so the the mystery is how do you have so many multiples more than the rest of us? I I think probably it's. My, my my suspicion is that either you've got some dirt on one of the devs at Frontier, or you spend a preternatural mm. amount of time void opal mining. No, no, this is before void opal. No, seriously, what it is is the way I play is I play min max. Mm. So when I was getting elite trading, I would I didn't go for a type nine, for example, which hold, held more stuff. I looked at the, the elapsed time on the route end to end. And figured, for example, I could I could get more money by doing multiple by doing trips in a Python than I could in a Type Nine because Python took the distance quicker, so I could do three times as many trips in a Type in a Python as I could in a Type Nine. So it's all about min max and yeah, okay. that sort of stuff, really. So yeah, other people, you know, are fine. They can play how, exactly how they like. You know, it's not a yeah. a criticism of how people play. Just my play style is min max. Cool, fair enough. Uh, ben, how has your week been? Has anybody blown you up yet? I've only just arrived at the station. Uh, Commander Nutrock is here, but I don't think... Yeah, I don't think he's the listener. Do it, Nutrock. Uh, Do and I'm also it. at the station. So I'm going to go to the bar, because that's probably a better place for me to be attacked. Mm, rather than yeah. having the station coming, coming down and helping me out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah absolutely. But No, I've had a great week. I've, I've been doing a little bit of the CG, though not as much as I did last time. Mm. Uh, let me just see how. Okay, yeah. So I didn't do that that well. I only got in the top fifty percent this time. Uh, only did five thousand tons, but that was like from maybe one day's, one evening's of playing basically. Then on Saturday with Suv and Kurgol, I was doing a bar crawl for Elite Aid, and we raised. Suv. 
Because I'm not Sue. Sue. I was there. Uh, Kogel and Shan, sorry. Hmm. Shan and Kogel, whatever. And that was awesome because on my little section, I think we raised about 300. And overall, they raised 2,600 and something for nice. the firefighters or the volunteer firefighters of Queen of Queensland's Association or something. Cool. The RFBBQ, as, as I keep calling them. <laughs> yeah, gosh, that's good. Um, but what, you know, it was awesome because we had not, pol- not politicians, um, possibly civil servant, I'm not quite sure. Somebody who works in government but wouldn't quite get into the specifics of what he does. Uh, who's, also, who's also a commander. Definitely um, a spy. And he was talking to us for quite a bit. And then on someone else's stream, they had some of the volunteers on, well, one of the volunteers on as well. And he had he had a whole load of information, and it was really it was a really good stream. Um, I think my three hours, I was amazed as to how quickly that section just flew past. Yeah, um, just getting the, you know, just flying around, just get, collecting rare commodities essentially. Cool. Um, and I, ran I actually, out of time far too quick. I actually enjoyed going on the stream. It was, it was amazing. I think I, I definitely said on the stream, but what mm-hmm. amazed me, and I still do in subsequent ones, was how you were supporting an Australian charity and people from all around the world were donating money to this charity that's for us on the other side of the world. And that's just a testament to the strength and unity of the elite dangerous community that you could actually do that. Because very often these days, people are, I'm all right, Jack. You know, I'll just do my own thing and stuff everyone else. But it was just really nice to see people supporting a charity on on the side of the world. I might be wrong, but one thing that I think really helped that charity was, sure, they might be over the other side of the world, but a bunch of commanders, commanders who we at least know by proxy if we don't know directly were affected by it. So you've got that element of personal contact or something like that that just makes it re- brings it home for you i guess yeah mm. well it's 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 a good result considering oh, that yeah. it came fairly quick on the heels of of two other 24 live uh, hour live streams um i think it's yep. a really good result actually no very good result very i think everybody's very very happy with it uh there is a slight update i can't did i add them to the show notes or not uh you did towards the end which yeah towards the end we have uh, which so we we can, I can mention this now, or we can mention this at the end. Uh, let's talk about it now, given that we're on. Okie dokie. Go on, take so, the floor. So, in that case, then we also heard from we heard back from the guys, and yeah, it's two thousand six hundred twenty-five dollars, which could buy a dozen radios to improve the brigade's communication, some chainsaws, water tanks, and pumps. List goes on. It'll be very well spent. Um, yeah, that's just a very quick, obvious sort of PM from the, the uh, coordinator of the RFBAQ, who was sort of liaising with us, but he's also a gamer and things as well. So Nice that, the, um, nice that they've told you the concrete thing that it's going to be spent on. That's quite... Yeah. Um, yeah, That's yeah cool. it's better that than sort of something ethereal. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was, that was really nice of Dave to, to let us know these things. Yeah. What have I been doing? I wasn't involved in the stream, sadly. Uh, weekends are tricky for me, Saturdays particularly. I had a fairly quiet week. On Saturday, I went round for supper to some of the Suvet's friends uh, who have just got a pair of kittens. So I spent all of Sunday evening playing with kittens, which was great. Um, and we we just, we realised that um, you might have 
insights into this, but humans generally find kittens much cuter than the young of their own species. Like all of us agreed, all the four people that were there agreed that the, cute, the kittens were way cuter than babies. How is it that evolutionarily we find this, the young of another species more cute than ours? Because otherwise we'd kill them all. <laughs> I would probably agree with that, but I have also seen how the women in our office react when anyone else takes in their baby. And it is even more sickening than anything I've seen with fluffy kittens. Take in their baby. Oh, right, I see what you mean. Right. So, oh, so, 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 you, you know, let, let, let's, let's say, for sake of argument, we've got one of, one of our office managers. Uh, she's away having, having a baby at the moment. And I'm sure that when she comes in, She'll be, you know, when she she when she's still off on maternity, she'll pop in with her baby just to say hi to everybody, and everybody will sw- swarm over and go, "Oh my god, isn't it cute?" Gannett, yeah, and right, we'll be like, right. "Yeah, shut up, I'm working." Uh, that is the thing, though, is that for me, all babies were horrible and noisy and messy and troublesome mm. until you get their own, until you get your own. And then, and then they're, they're really messing, left. noisy, and troublesome. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's I think is like without that attachment to your offspring, I think we as humans would be killing them even more than we are now. And you know, I, it's it's why we find animals cute because they I think they've evolved their looks or they've been evolved, they've been oh. changed to make them look. Ha- Cats so and dogs, definitely so. Yeah, that's probably true of, of cats and dogs, definitely. I mean, we could do it. I, I love talking about evolution of animals and stuff, the de- like the how dom- domesticity changes animals. We could do a whole show on that stuff. It's fascinating. <laughs> we could. It's not very elite, though, is it? No, it's not very elite. Um, and on the side... What, what, about blue, what about blue furry cats that were made extinct? What? What about blue cats that were made extinct, though, in elite? Is that part of elite law? Yes. Was it the cats, Chan, or was it? Well, they, I'm sure Lave or somewhere used to be populated by blue, blue felines or something like that. No, that's Lavian tree grubs. No, somewhere had blue no, cats. In the or whatever original, in the original, in yeah. 1994, when you hovered over a planet, it used procedural generation to come up with some very hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy spiel mm. about a planet. And I think that's what Ben's referring Yeah, but I know, I'm sure one of them was like a blue kitten in one of the old worlds or something. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Didn't know that. On the subject of Elite, I have been... Um, I took part in last week's CG. Um, I am really enjoying this Interstellar Initiative, um, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, so I've been taking part in that. So last week, I was doing a few cargo runs to... Uh, Wiley Port in wherever it was, um, Tevari or whatever, um, hauling fertilizer. And um, I was doing it in my crate because I was sort of uh, I was smelling the roses rather than trying to hit the big numbers. Um, and it was great fun. Super, super good. I was practicing evading gankers and using the uh, the trading interface to, to compare prices and all that sort of thing. I was, I was trading to and from Lave, uh, Lave Station and Warrenus just to just to support the, uh, just to represent, you know? And it was great. It was super good. I did lose a ship, though. I got ganked. To a wing of gankers hauled me out uh, of Super Cruise three times in a row, and I made the mistake of low waking rather than high waking, um, which was a bit of a shame, but, um, but never mind. And then this week, I've been um, 
uh, I haven't had a chance to to get involved in. Well, the new one hasn't started yet, has it? The combat one, or is that um, that's I, be starting imminently? It's starting today if it hasn't already. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I will I will be doing a bit of that one. But I've uh, my Sagittarius I faction has been involved in a war, and I've been fighting that with a, with a friend, um, and that's been super fun. Um, and I've been ranking up a new crew member, so lots of lots of flight assist off in my type ten, which is the only way to make it fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so quite a good week, really. Um, achieved lots of things. Um, anyway, what's what's next? So, what has happened in game? As I've just touched on the uh, the CG, we might as well discuss that, given that's the biggest biggest stuff going on in Elite Dangerous at the moment. Um, who has been involved in the the new CG? Shan, have you been doing much hauling? Um, I haven't, because it's not earning me enough money. <laughs> Fair. Uh, ben, you, you're, did you say you're top 50%? I was top 50, so I did it for one night or something like that. Um, mostly because I <laughs> Mostly because I ran out of other of time... Um, and then I actually, uh, the, and then I started playing. Well, I finished playing GTA Three, and I started playing GTA Vice City. <laughs> Vice City is so good. It's so good. God, I have such good memories of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just oh, the zeitgeist, the eighties, so wonderful. Actually, that uh, I ought to pull out the um, the soundtrack to that game because uh, it was bloody. Brilliant. It's brilliant. I actually got that soundtrack. When it when it came out as one of like on seven CDs or something like that, <laughs> nice. Uh, it's brilliant. It's a great soundtrack. Did you get uh, Did you get Vice City free when you um, did you pre? I also Red got. Dead? So I think I've now got three copies of Vice City or something like that. Yeah, I've got the Vi- the original Vice City that I got for the PlayStation Two. <laughs> I'm just being. I'm just actually being refueled by a fuel rat, Justin. Sorry. Jathar Burrell, even though I don't need fuel, he's giving me some fuel. So thank you very much, Amanda. You're supposed to be killing him. You're supposed to be shooting him, not refueling him. He's a fuel rat. They're nice. Uh, So I've got, yeah, I've got it for the PS2. Um, Even though I don't even know where my PS2 is anymore. Yeah, I've got no idea. Um, I definitely have it on Steam. I may have it on GOG. And then I got a free copy of it for getting Red Dead. Um... (laughs) Why did you just, get another? Why did you? <laughs> so you got another well, one despite owning it three times. You got another. Well, I basically I already had GTA three. Sorry, I already had GTA San Andreas on everything because um, every, everyone who upgraded GTA five got San Andreas. I didn't have Max Payne three on anything, so I went off and got that. And then I had everything else that that uh, Rockstar have done. So I was like, well. I'm already basically playing GTA 3 on Steam. I might as well get Vice City and play that on Rockstar's, or at least try it in Rockstar's thing, and just just cause. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, and when did Max Payne 3 come out? It was ages ago. It was still something like 2010 or something. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Ages. I've never played any of the Max Payne's, actually. No, neither have I. Um, but anyway, uh, on topic, what do we think of the the current CG, and particularly the narrative uh, twist. Um, I, I really, really like the uh, the reference to the... The Panam Yeah, the, the Onion Head firebombing of 3301. I think that's so good. It's so nice to see the, the, the writing team referring back to, to the game's history and, and you know what yeah. players have been involved in. Has the source of the famine been identified yet? Yes, it has. It, still- it has. It is... Do you want to cover it, Sue, or shall I? 
you cover it through um, a wrap. I'm not going to cover it through a wrap, but I will bring up the d- the text on screen, so anyone who's looking at the screen can see it, and they'll see an extremist group from the Kappa Phonasis system. And this is why we asked somebody else to do something a little bit later on. So, an extremist group from the Kappa Phonasis system is responsible for the contaminated fertilizer that has caused widespread crop, fa- crop failures. What's a crop failure? Um, uh, it's um, a crop a a dysfunction. That's when you, you go and have a go, but you fail again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't being spread by players in the way the Cerberus plague was. Well, it was who knows? Um, that's so the mechanic, because that would be interesting. Uh, the mechanic, no, it, it, it was it was spread by players. The, the the contamination happened at the Rockforth plant, and then players yes. distributed the fertilizer. So it, oh, it was. Well, that's what they say. Uh, how much the mechanics have have done that, I don't know. Um, um, yeah, true. Yeah, it probably isn't. I think that's that's only. I mean, there's, there's been not there hasn't been a great deal of reference to which systems are undergoing. Um, yeah. No. Light and Light. stuff, and I, I, I don't. I would be surprised if, though, if it was literally driven by where players had taken the fertilizer. And I, I, I really I'd... hope it has been, but I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, they're basically saying our investigation has confirmed that an activist group known as the Skive of Panem managed to infiltrate Rockforth Corporation manufacturing plant in the Reedquat system. Members of the group contaminated the EX7 fertilizer with a synthetic agent designed to putrefy plant matter. So yeah, it's basically they're putting everything on these group of Panem extremists who are getting revenge for the Federation firebombing their planet, essentially. Great twist. Great twist. The only thing I would say is I want to help the bastards. You know, you I want Good. you can go to you can fly to Quator over the next seven days, yes, and you I can heroically know, kill to... bounty hunters. I thought it was... you could, the Well, I, I could, but not in, in... I could kill, go off and do a bunch of player killing. Yeah. But I don't believe in that. No, but the option but is there. That's, I mean, that's, it, not, it, it, that's uh, not part of the CG. You don't know yeah, that, though. I, I mean, wish... a, 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 a better question is, would, if, if lots of players did that, would Frontier adjust the narrative accordingly? I wish... I don't think they would, and I wish that there were a opposing CG so that we could come down in favour of the bounty hunters and their not sort of come down in favour of the, the guys. Side of yeah, the side of the Panam for you know the the Federation viciously and reprehensibly firebombing self defeatingly just and just because they want to you know they they, they don't want to. They don't believe in people having a bit of a high. Mm. Yeah, the 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 fact the, the, the Pan M stuff is is fascinating. It's uh, we did a um, charge of glasses. We did a a, a big article on uh, on the Onion Head and the the firebombing of Pan, Pan M in um, Sagittarius Eye. And uh, looking into that, it was really really cool law wise um, because obviously the you know enforceability versus uh, versus like public health stuff is. Is topical in the real world, so it's sort of um, it, it, it was a really interesting story. Um, and that particular action, the firebombing, seemed very self-defeating because mm. uh, all, all you do is just drive drive stuff underground. So um, see, I think in any in initiative, 
or Yeoli CG as was. There should have always been consequences for one side winning or the other. They should always have a an adversarial system. And with this one, you know, you should have had the aim where the more systems you infect, the higher your reward. So you actually get players going out to try and infect systems and then there's an antidote the other people need to ship in and uh, that sort of stuff. It needs, rather than just having an all credit reward or this and this and this, there needs to be a consequence, if you like, of doing the other side that's tangible and means something to players. Yeah. Can I just interject a second here? <laughs> Commander Starian has just appeared at the orange side and dropped some canisters of coffee for me. <laughs> Thank you for my coffee, Starian. <laughs> you have to get your grinder out then. I, I need to I need to go off and actually clean my grinder. So Starian, now you've dropped your cargo, what you do is when Ben picks it up, you blow him up and then quench it off. <laughs> the the coffee could actually just be a cunning disguise and when I go off and collect it I find out it's uh, some C four explosive or something. Yeah, or it's, it's, been stolen. With a, it's been laced uh, with a pathogen. Did he um, jettison it, or did he just drop it? It is, legal, it is legal salvage. Oh, he's too kind. That would be the best troll, wouldn't it? To uh, to, to get somebody, uh, trick somebody into picking up illegal salvage and then get the station to blow them up. <laughs> oh, I haven't actually got a ca- I haven't got any space in my cargo rack at the moment. I don't, I don't have a cargo rack at the moment, in fact. Hmm. So... um. <laughs> So broadly, your your opinions are. Uh, I mean, one thing I really really like about the current CG is I like the the run up to it. I like the fact that the first um, the the first reference to uh, to food shortages was actually the final Galnet post of the Alliance Festival of Culture, which was ages ago. Mm. Um, it was like six or seven weeks ago. So they've been they've been seeding this, and they've been laying the the groundwork for it from a narrative point of view for. Ages, like best part of two months, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so from a, from a narrative point, I really really like this. I like the fact that it. I, I like the way it's unfolding. I like the amount amount of galnet that's gone behind it. Um, I like how it sort of it gives a feel of geography to the to the galaxy because these these articles are referencing places, you know, a specific region, and it it, it feels like a it, it feels like a sort of geographically defined problem. Um, but I definitely take your point that the having having the opportunity for branching narrative based on player action and giving the players a choice rather than a rather than a simple challenge would be better i suppose the, i suppose that the, the the answer to that from the hypothetical dev might be that it multiplies the amount of work that goes into it being harsh not my problem <laughs> what well, so so you you agree with sham to the to the extent that it that you that you're quite critical of this CG then, or this interstellar <sighs> initiative. I'm not critical of it. I think it's. Uh, I like opposing CGs. I wish I could have had the opportunity to do the CG and be in favour of Panem. I really wish what we could have gone off and done is actually have something so that your Panem's goal is to basically defeat law enforcement people or something like that in Quator. Um, mm. 
you know, so you're not going off and defeating pirates. You're, you're killing law enforcement types. Because, um, you know, you're, you're the bounty hunters and the law enforcement types are basically trying to kill you. So, How about, mm. how about we set up our own CG in which we all rename our ships something like hashtag stand with Panet and then just go and kill as many law enforcement in Quator as we can. Oh, oh I, I actually did something like this purely by myself back... Do you remember when there was that CG to build the, the Federation's megaship? No, don't remember that. Sh what Sham year was it? Uh, 3301, probably, or 30... It was one of the... It was like the very first CG. It wasn't a megaship, it was, it was to build a capital ship. Wasn't Sorry, capital ship. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember the FSS um, or the something FSS Nevermore. I think it was or something like that. Like, was, something like that. Yeah. So is that when it they? Was, it, it, it was. The, it was the one that had a fight with the space station. Mm -hmm. oh, right. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Commander Mac Winston, who's also here in in the uh, Orange Sidewinder Bar, um, is here as well. And so, yeah, basically, I did not like the idea of the Federation. Making yet more um, fleet fleet carrier mega ships, capital ship things. Mm. So I basically went off and I was essentially interdicting players, saying, you know, this is illegal. Stop and search on behalf of the on <laughs> behalf of the imperial stuff. You know, please hand over all your all your materials that are being used to build this mega ship for safe destruction or something like that. Mm. And then if they wouldn't, then, you know, well, in theory, I'd have stopped them. And in practice, they, they killed me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the idea was there. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Um, That'd be fun. We, we could role play a, um, standing with the side well, of the panel. Essentially, you're, you're, you know, you're acting like code's meant to act. Mm, yeah. Um, I wonder and, if yeah. it'll still be going next show, because we could potentially do it. Next, might be. I've just uh, Max actually just told me that EIC were doing exactly the same as me. So even though I was doing it by myself, I was doing EIC were doing the same thing as well. You were part of a wider spiritual movement, weren't you, Ben? Ignorantly, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting that you're you're both quite critical about the the current Instellar initiative. Um, I, did you prefer the ones where you had choice then, like the first one where you could fight for either one of the corporations? I did. I, I like consequence of player actions. So I, I like a player having the freedom to choose whatever action you know is within the actual game type. But that choice then has a consequence for the mm. player or for the faction or whatever it is they're doing. I don't like hitting the reset button after every CG or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. For me, that's just not. Ah, I, I've also just learnt something if you put your tinfoil hats on. So EIC also now own, are in control of Kappa Fonakis. So, you know, is the scythe of whatever the hell the name is, um, is the scythe of Panem a secret EIC militant wing? So is, uh, is EIC going to be supporting the scythe of Panem? Mac, I'm assuming you can hear us, but answer us. Mac Winston, hello. Yeah, thanks for joining hello. us. Hello. Hopefully my microphone's working, so I haven't had a chance to check it. You sound beautiful. 
Oh, good. It's the wonders of the Shure SM58. Oh, your, your sonorous timbre is just a delight. Um, yeah. Tell us about the EIC and Pan Am and, and all your drug smuggling. Yeah, anyway, uh, in fact, it's going to be in an upcoming Sajai, uh, the history of the EIC, a positive history of the EIC. Um, back in, when was it? It would have been in game 3301. Um, we managed, I don't know how we did it, but we managed to persuade when, when they were first adding player minor factions. Because we'd, we'd done a bunch of things surrounding onion head we'd done great onion head flyouts we'd smuggled it into the federation uh, we'd done all this kind of stuff and we managed to persuade frontier to make our home system kappa fanasis so we became the purveyors of onion head um, <laughs> nice. and shortly afterwards actually the purveyors of tanmark uh onion head and tanmark tranquil tea because we uh um our BGS team discovered how to direct um, the the way expansions go. So there's a way under the old rules of the BGS and actually the new rules of the BGS. You can um, there are ways of nudging or well, we don't really much nudge the BGS. We kind of get it in a headlock and uh, sort of bundle it along in in the direction you want to go. And so. Anyway, we, we expanded over there and took that over as well. Um, so we got all the onion head. But yeah, so since then, uh, I mean, like last year, we did the Thanksgiving expedition. So we uh, we, we took, that was with uh, onion head and Lavian brandy. We took a bunch of that out to um, uh, Jack's station to make the people of Colonia uh, drunk again. And so, yeah, we've had a whole bunch of stuff around that. But yeah, this was only, we we had no idea this was coming up. So I I just literally literally about fifteen minutes ago uh, was just collecting my reward from the last CG and saw this one. So I honestly don't know what we're doing. Whether we're going to take it as a license for role play uh, role play ganking of bounty hunters or what? But we'll see. I was I was uh, I was thinking of going uh, back to LTT thirteen forty nine and grabbing my crate and. Uh, and sort of maybe molesting some players who are uh, bounty hunting. Uh, but there you go. Hmm. Interesting. Because uh, it'll be a flick. Because uh, well, because I did both both the CGs we've just had. In fact, all three of them. Because we had the two simultaneous CGs: the one which got to eight of eight, and one which got six of eight. The one the, the which were those? Rain and all that kind of stuff, and the 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 the, the one bringing relief uh, supplies into DSO and a rev yeah uh and that was quite lucrative the um the what was it uh synthetic reagents was uh an imperial cutter is about five million profit a run that's pretty uh, good so my cutter was going full bore but you had to go 100 light years to find any of it because it sold out so quickly so the mm -hmm. the the you had to go further and further and further out to get get the stuff but yeah the, the gankers were constantly after me and anyway i've got like you know i've got prismatic shields and engineering on my prismatic shields and engineering on my shield boosters so it's like meh you know song suckers and i just low weight out <laughs> and, and i had one guy i mean some that some of the some of the gankers aren't exactly the sharpest knives in the drawer i don't think uh they you know they 
you'd think after the third attempt, they would have kind of given up and gone after someone else. But no, I had somebody chain interdict me six times in a row, and all they succeeded was getting one ring of shields off. So, um, yeah, it wasn't... It, they, they, they had a frustrating time trying to gank me. They they didn't do anything. Oh, one of them was, was great, because what, what I usually do is if, if somebody interdicts me, I'll pop a heat sink, because then they, then they have to acquire you visually, because uh, you go off the radar for a you know, a few seconds. Um, and uh, one favorite weapon of the gang, because uh, the, there's, there's like two types of missiles, the Grom bombs, which reset your FSD. And Do they work if your shield is still up? I think they do. Uh, I'm not entirely sure because none of them ever actually managed to hit me because I've got... <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got they to, do, yeah, they do. I, I, have, I, have, I do carry point defense as well. But one of them, after the third time he interdicts me and fires his missiles at me, he didn't actually fire his missiles at me. He fired his missiles at the first thing which was on the scanner, which was my ejected heat sink, uh, which which I found fairly amusing, to be honest. So, yeah, the, the gankers had a bit of a frustrating time with me because basically I have all the shields in the world and uh, basically a bit of a flying fortress. So, yeah, I... I didn't worry about it too much. My favourite way of dealing with gankers is to get two or three of you uh, in a sidewinder, put rail guns on it or something silly like that, and just go interdict the gankers and harass them because basically you're pulling them away from interdicting other players and they kind of have to respond to you and it doesn't really matter if you get blown up or not because it's like 10,000 credits or something. So you're, you're tied up these gankers dealing with these little tiny gnats letting everyone else sort of go by and they get so annoyed when you harass them inside winters it's very funny i've um a friend of mine uh has a uh he calls it his meep meep courier and it's a zooped up courier to do like 620 cruise speed or something and he, he, he they just inter- interdict gankers and then jump out again <laughs> it sounds quite fun yeah, I considered doing that in distant worlds. I thought I should ship my courier out to this um, uh, one of the CG systems, yeah, the, where the, the mining goals. Because mm. uh, there, there are an awful lot of gankers in open. I was thinking I should, I should, because I do have an engineered courier somewhere. Um, it's not the fastest; it needs re-engineering actually. But yeah, just going over, pulling them over, and then sort of boosting away at eight hundred or so. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> But yeah, because because they're going well. It's our it's our play style. You shouldn't be doing this. That you shouldn't be uh, blocking us because you're interfering with us. Our play style. So if they complain about me sort of going around interdicting them and running away, well, it's just my play style. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would. To be fair, um, yeah. I, I don't. I, there are probably different species of gankers, but the the, the ones yeah, that, I, I think the ones that can do capsule letters and punctuation would probably agree that that is completely what, two, what all two of them. <laughs> they they would probably say that that's totally fine, um, and uh, would probably quite enjoy the challenge. You tell because their knuckles tend to be quite worn out from dragging <laughs> on the ground. Um, another thing that this is this is anecdotal, something that I observed and I saw people on the forum comment on as well. Uh, last week's trade CG had a very very high number of gankers, um, wings and wings of gankers. It, it wasn't so much sort of there is a risk of piracy here. It was more like a guard of honor. Um, you know, they were they were like lining up outside uh, in supercruise between the star and the and the station. Um, 
I guess two questions. One, did anybody else notice that? And two, do you think that is markedly different from other CGs? Does it feel like an incre- like an increase? Not really. It, it, it just seems to be whenever there's a CG or in-game activity, there are a group of players who want to blockade the system and stuff. It's just part of the natural order of the game, I guess. Yeah, um, Ben's did for a couple of minutes, but he would be, yeah, he'd be an interesting if you, viewpoint as well. And, and if you don't like being attacked or running away or whatever it is, then move to private group or solo. Yeah. Um, but, but some players, they like the the risk or indeed the thrill of or otherwise of bubbling up other players. So, you know, that's why there's these different modes. It wasn't... I, I wasn't... Uh, yeah, it, my, my, my question wasn't really, is this right or not? It was more... Does this feel like a trend? Does it feel like, you know, does it feel like it's increasing? Um, I, I agree with you. I, I played in Oak Open because I enjoyed the risk, um, and I, uh, I had great fun, um, much more than I would have done in private group. Um, but it was, it was more. So I noticed that old duck on the forum. Um, he raised a post about um, sort of he was talking about how to strategically use blocking to, uh, to give to to sort of change the odds slightly. Um, and one thing that he called out was that. He'd never seen as many griefers. Um, so just, yeah, just just just. I mean, if anybody partook and uh, and has an opinion on this, whether you think it was perfectly sort of the the, the same number as normal, or whether it was more griefing activity than usual, uh, do holler because um, I'd be interested to hear. I think it was about the same as normal, to be honest. Um, mm. Okay. You know, as Shan said, whenever you go to a system where the CG is, or whenever you go to Shinash Desra, you're always dodging the murder hobos. Yeah, okay. Anyway, we have a fairly punchy bit of news which came out. Uh, Frontier have um, really usefully um, started posting things uh, just before Lave Radio. Uh, and today we, we have actually seen uh, the update before going live on the show, so we can actually talk about it, uh, which makes a change. But um, today we got a, uh, a fairly chunky update about the future of um, Elite Dangerous. Um, so we're going to go on to our main discussion in a moment and talk about that. Um, Mac, are you going to st- stick around for that? Oh, why not? I've, I've, I've dug the microphone out and plugged it in <laughs> and fiddled with the volume control, so I might, might as well stay. We, we have a message from our sponsors, don't we? life, choose a ship, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a f***ing big ship, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers, choose good health, local estrel and ship insurance, choose fixed interest loan repayments, choose a space station, choose your friends, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of f***ing colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the f*** you are on a Sunday morning. 
Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing f***ing junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some f***er comes along to steal your ship, your cargo and your clothes, leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion heads? Community Update 2210 Greetings, Commanders! Following the launch of the September update last month, we'd like to provide you all with an update on our plans for Elite Dangerous. Firstly, thank you for all your feedback on the September update, which you've shared with us on the forums, across social media, on live streams and through the issue tracker. There is no doubt that in addition to the new features, the September update introduced a number of issues and bugs, which caused a lot of frustration. We are really sorry for these issues. We realised that some of the issues had an impact on your ability to enjoy Elite Dangerous. The team have been working hard to address the most critical issues and have already released a series of patches and updates to bring those fixes in as quickly as possible. However, we know there's more to be done. You've asked for more focus on existing bug fixes and issues, and for the community to be better integrated into the development process and testing for these upcoming updates. In order to improve your overall experience, we've decided to refocus our efforts on addressing key issues and bugs. Since the launch of the September update, we've been taking a deeper look at our internal development roadmap, the way in which we utilise public betas, and the content of our next updates. Here is a summary of our plans. From now and into next year, 2020, the updates will focus almost exclusively on addressing recent and long-standing issues, including those reported in the issue tracker, ultimately making the game better. We are expecting to have a series of these updates, which will be rolled out approximately every three to four months. Each update will also include a public beta that will run prior to the update's release, with a dedicated time to address major issues that appear. The first of these updates will have its public beta in December, with an expectation that the launch will be early in 2020. As a result of our updated plans, we have made the difficult decision to defer the release of fleet carriers. We are now planning for fleet carriers to be released in an update in the second quarter of 2020 rather than in December 2019 as previously stated. This will grant us additional time to refine the features as well as focusing time on addressing existing reported issues. It will also ensure that the state of the game is in a better position to introduce fleet carriers that will provide commanders even more opportunities to interact with the Milky Way.
We understand that this delay will be disappointing for some players, but do know that this decision is one that we do not take lightly and is made with the best interests of the community and game at heart. Ultimately, we are confident that this will improve the elite dangerous experience for all players. The team have been hard at work on the next major milestone, which you may remember we mentioned back in March as our next major paid addition to the game. They're making fantastic progress and on schedule for a release by the end of next year. We are very excited to show you what we've been working on. However, we can only announce the content when it's at the right stage of development. We estimate this will be ready to talk about at some time in summer 2020, after the Fleet Carrier's update. We appreciate there's a bit of a wait, but we want to make sure it's ready to be shown before making our full official announcement to the world. We would like to take this opportunity to thank you for your ongoing and continued support and for helping give us the feedback, steer and insight to make decisions that will benefit the entire community and for your continued passion and dedication. Will Flanagan, Community Manager. There we have it. Uh, thank you to Peter Wotherspoon for recording that for us earlier. Um, so that was the update that we uh, that we saw from Frontier earlier today. Um, it's a punchy one. Uh, fleet carriers have been delayed again. Um, is the in term, in terms of material takeaways the the uh, the cliff notes would be fleet carriers have been delayed again. However, it didn't. The, it does. It doesn't feel to me, at least, like a like a negative announcement. It feels very much like a collaborative, um, quite reflective one that augurs quite well for the future. But chatting a, a little bit about this um, in the in the recording studio before we got before we went live this evening, it's very clear that amongst the Lave Radio team, the opinions are all quite quite different, um, which is fascinating. So, um, Commander Shan, you are itching to get stuck in. Tell us what you think. Well, I, I read the message and I read it through a couple of times to try and to get my head around it. And I think the message is hiding a truth in there. And I got my tinfoil hat on at the moment. Because delaying carriers for up to six months is a long time to delay something that was supposedly ready in December. And it's 18 months after it, it was uh, it was announced so why is it they are waiting so long to change the design and update carriers if it wasn't if it was going to be ready in december and as for the actual bug fixing thing now i'm going to be a bit of bit mean here but in my book if you have an online game fixing bugs is part of business as usual it's what you do and content and stuff like that is an extra why are they presenting this, fixing bugs, as something new and exciting when it's something they should have been doing all the way along? Mm. So I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying the statement is BS or anything like that. I'm not. But I'm just saying it's putting a spin on what I perceive to be internal development issues with Elite. Because... Yeah. Because... If carriers were going to be ready for December, they would have had the feature locked down by now. It would be internal testing. It would be this and this and this and this. But they've delayed it for at least six months from January. 
So that's probably eight months in total. If it was ready for December, why are they doing that? And if bugs are so important, why not move developers to fix the bugs and deliver the carriers? Why not fix the bugs that don't need carriers to be there? So I think there's a, there's a resourcing, not issue because they've got the people, but I think there's a prioritization there that says Elite before the 2020 update only has this amount of resources and they can only do certain things. And what what the message is done is it's presenting um, a, a down in such a way as everyone thinks Frontier are doing the players a favour when they're not. Yeah, I think if I, th I think I think a cynical person could could probably comment that this is about the the most positive a spin that you can put on what is essentially bad news possible. Um, the the takeaway is that fleet carriers have been delayed again for another six months, so they'll they'll be released a full eighteen months after they were promised, um, or not promised but initially scheduled for, um, and. I, it, you probably you wouldn't need to be very cynical to to ask uh, why it needs to be an either or situation, which it definitely you know this, this, it's being posited very much as all right, players, you can have bug fixing or you can have content, make your decision, or actually not even make your decision. You've you've you know a, a vocal minority have whined, so uh, so we've made the decision for you, and we've decided to focus on bug fixing. Um, and yeah, the, the question of why can't we have both, which is essentially what you've just said is a reasonable one like you know quite a few developers of online games um do both you know as but bug fixing is something that they do with every update and ongoing well not even then they just fix bugs they have you know they continually fix bugs even if they haven't got a new content plan it's what i would call doing your job as a, as a you know you fix the bugs and yeah. i don't really understand why this is being positioned as something special and doing us a favour when actually they're supposed to be doing the job. Sorry, I'm being grumpy today, but you you can see where I'm coming from. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, th th this uh, this will it is impossible to have this conversation outside of the context of Frontier telling us that they have a skeleton crew working on Elite Dangerous, the current build, and they have 85% of the Elite Dangerous team, which at last count was 100 people, working on the new era update. It's, you know, so that, that means that there are 15 people working on, a, on the current build of Elite Dangerous, which includes the uh, QA team, it includes the publishing team, which itself includes the community team and the, uh, the support team. So in terms of actual coders and like artists and stuff, the numbers are, you know, you can probably count on one max two hands, the number of people who are actually working on the current live build of the game. Um, you know, against that context, it's not wildly surprising that uh, fixing five-year-old code, which is, which has turned out to be quite, um, quite spaghetti-like is, is, is more of a, um, more of a, a, a challenge than yeah, just but a, a release date hasn't been announced for the 2020 update other than that the end of so if that's delayed a couple of months we we don't know yeah that's a good point it, that is a good point they've chosen they've, they've yeah. definitely chosen not they, they, they're not shifting priority at all and what i'm concerned about in a way was there were lots of people who were really looking forward to fleet carriers to get them back in the game and get them kick-started. Mm. Now, 
it doesn't look as though there's going to be any more meaningful new content. I didn't say there isn't any content at all, but any new meaningful content until at, le- until at the latest, June 2020. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is a long wait for players who have already waited all of 2019 for demonstrable content. That's true. And, uh, and you could... Quite a lot of players could justifiably ask why that decision was made for them by a by a very vocal minority um stuart gt in twitch chat says because the dev team working on current updates uh meanwhile the majority of devs are working on the new era um the the current update team can either bug fix fleet carriers or bug fix the current game they can't bug fix both side by side so um so the dev team could use more staff, an increase of 100 to 150. Um, yeah, I, I, as Shan and I would definitely agree, Stuart, it's, it seems like it's a, it's a, a resourcing issue, which is a people issue. Um, although, having said that, Star Citizen does demonstrate that throwing more people at a problem doesn't necessarily shrink the problem. Well, I think um, we should have a sweet steak of which comes first, fleet carriers, Squadron 42 or Brexit. <laughs> That's Can we add an FTL travel as well, please? <laughs> uh, Ventura asks, uh, "Do we think the delay on carriers will delay 2020 to 2021?" Um, my thinking on this is that I, my personal opinion on 2020 is that Frontier are going for an entirely new audience. Um, I think that the Elite Dangerous audience is largely people who like the idea of being bolted to a flight seat and flying a spaceship. I think the the audience for something which is a bit more like Starship Troopers in space is potentially much, much broader. And the potential for a game that has base building as well, suddenly you're inviting the No Man's Sky crowd, the Minecraft crowd, as well as the first-person shooters crowd. So if I was Frontier and I was working on that, I would be expecting a huge influx of players, far, far beyond what they, you know, several times larger than they've already had and um, for, the, for Elite Dangerous to date. And I would have spent all of 2019 setting up new player stuff to welcome them, which, lo and behold, is what they've done. Um, ben, what do you think? So Will has actually already said that the new era stuff is still set to be released by the end of 2020. So if somebody's actually asked, does this delay go off and push 2020 back? And Will said, no, it hasn't, basically. Which is interesting in itself, because when 2020 was announced, the phrasing, I remember the phrasing was the latter half of 2020. So the eternal optimist in me said, "Yay, July! We'll be we'll be we'll be scampering around our spaceships." In July. <laughs> um, I work in software development. When anybody says the latter half of something, when one of our suppliers say, oh, "It'll be delivered on September the twentieth," you know it'll be delivered on September the twentieth at twenty three fifty nine and fifty nine seconds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I know. Really, I know. What we'll really need to say is, "I'd rather be dead in a ditch." <laughs> but um but his phrasing was we're still on track for um for delivering by the end of 2020 yeah. so, I, I so be grumpy again sorry but do we really believe these dates anymore after this so i'm a bit i'm a bit salty i know but you know carriage has been delayed three times 18 months since yeah, the announcement true. was out you know and i, 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 I just, yeah, at the moment they come out when they come out. That's what yeah. I. That's what I've decided. I, I'm not going to hold frontier dates anymore. It comes out when it comes out. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. That's quite a healthy attitude, actually. Uh, you guys know my opinion on carriers, anyway. I don't give a shit about them. 
Um, well, this is the other I am thing. Willing to, I'm willing to be proven wrong. You know, I really hope that they are something awesome and something excellent and that add a lot of content to the game. And I, I really enjoy them. I just don't think they'll be for me. Well, I think they should, um, if they're going to delay them at, at most six months, they should double the cost of them. <laughs> you would. <laughs> oh, no, because if they, if they were going to be X billion or something now, then... No, we've got another couple of weeks to go and get another months. five billion. Yeah, now the players have got another six months to go and get, so they should double them. They should double the price of them. Shan, I've been playing this game since Alpha, and I've only just gotten over one billion. Yeah, but you're a Muppet. Your point? <laughs> I'm playing it my way, so screw exactly. you! Exactly, so don't complain about how little money you've got. Um, I've been having fun and smelling the roses. I think broadly I agree with Ben in terms of the... I, I'm not particularly excited for Fleet Carriers, just because I can't see... In terms of sort of track record, I really can't see a way that they're going to do it that is not... <laughs> It's not just they're, they have a capital ship. It's got a station services menu. I, I think they're there to be the, the so-called prestigious item that yeah, every yeah, yeah. every online game MMO has, and yeah. it doesn't actually increase your uh, power to do anything. It doesn't actually do anything different. It's, a, it's a pure EP meter. It's a pure yeah. EP meter, and that's what they're going to be for. I think it's but a late it game credit sink, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was interesting though, and again, it goes back to the point I was making was that if they were going to be released in December, there was a little tagline that Will put on the um, on the post. It basically says, we are now planning for fleet carriers to be released in an update in the second quarter of 2020, around December 2019, as previously stated. And this is the key bit. This will grant us additional time to refine the feature. Now, you don't refine a feature if the design is already locked in. So what point were they when they decided to move it? Well, that also supports the idea that they that they weren't as close to releasing fleet carriers as they thought they were. I mean, if if you were if you were going to release fleet carriers in an update in late 2019 and you're already nearly you're eight days from November of 2019, you you don't postpone well, presumably, you don't postpone a finished feature. Why would you? So, so actually, it does indicate that they were nowhere near finished fleet on fleet carriers. Um, taking a SpaceX approach to development, and I'm not saying this is what Frontier are doing, but you know, they will have a rocket and it's ready to fly, and then they'll be like, well, you know what? We could go off and tweak this rocket to do this to it and change these nuts and bolts to do this, and it'll fly 10 metres higher for the same amount of fuel. They could just mean we've got an extra six months. We're not exactly going to leave it and park it there. We'll keep looking and playing with it. Mm. And at the end of that, lays Star Citizen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's let's not dwell too much on fleet carriers. I think I think we're probably there's that it does indicate that there are more changes to come on what they plan on do with um, uh, with fleet carriers. Um, BP. SF Pendragon on the on the forum uh, summed it up with uh, community saying we want more content. Frontier saying okay, here's more content. Community, but where are all the bug fixes? We're waiting. Frontier replying, okay, we'll concentrate on bug fixes and we'll delay the content slightly. Community, no, we want content. Um, do we think that is a? Uh, he finishes. Well, sorry, they finish by saying repeat ad nauseum. The developer's lot is rarely a happy one. Do we think that is fair? 
Yes, I do actually think it's fair. Um, the people are always asking you for things, and Steve Jobs actually had it right. I think that the customer never knows what they want. There's, the, the customer is also not a single constituency either. There, there are lots yeah. and lots of players, and they want different things. I don't give a shit about carriers. The get, I, I find the game very buggy. So for me, this is a great, this is a great development. Somebody who is really, really looking forward to fleet carriers and doesn't encounter many bugs, this is obviously really bad news for them. It, it doesn't make sense to, to say, the community um, that you know there isn't really such a thing as as, as one single community will. Um, I do think that that he they they definitely have a point that the that it's you can't complain you can't complain uh, that um, focus is being you can't when frontier f- change focus entirely according to what the community demands you can't then complain that they've done so but it it does that doesn't preclude the 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 potential for them to work on two things at the same time um, as Shan said it is a it is a resourcing thing. Yeah, I was I was going to add also, just kind of thinking it, thinking it through, is my issue. I think with the statement is the fact that when you peek beneath the covers, it's obviously spin, and I don't. One of the things that really gets my hackles up is spin, and I think personally, I would rather have said, "Look, we've run into issues with." Fleet carriers—they're going to be delayed. So instead, so instead of delaying fleet carriers, we're focusing on bugs. Don't admit everything was going swimmingly, and we're just kind of changed course. The other question I've got is: when they say bug fixing, how, what does it mean by bug fixing? Are they, you know, fixing stuff that causes a client to crash, or do they mean putting in open power play or something like that that suits the requests of the? parts of the community that signed the petition because there's fixing bugs and there's fixing bugs according to someone else's agenda and the view of how the game should be held. Yeah, okay. Ben, um, what's your response to that? I mean, I probably agree with Shan here, but we're also operating out of ignorance. We don't know that what Frontier is saying is spin control it's just hypothesis on our part uh, now you could say about giving them the benefit of the doubt and we're always giving them the benefit of the doubt and blah 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 but why not why not what sorry why not give them the benefit of the doubt well why not give them the benefit of the doubt um you know you can you can raise it obviously but you can't we don't have any concrete e- evidence to actually say no frontier, you're lying your asses off. This is complete bullshit. You're spinning. No, exactly. You're exactly. spinning something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I did think when I first read it, my my very very first impression was, oh smart, you don't you you. It's really pissed you off that the players made that petition. So you've decided to give yourselves a bit of a break on fleet carriers and basically turn it round back to us and say, well, you asked for it. This is what you get. Um, Reading it a bit further, I started to think a little bit differently about it. But I, I did. I did, that was sort of the knee-jerk reaction. Um, in chat, Commander Ventura has just made the absolutely stellar point that um, he says, "Why put fleet carriers in a game that already has lots and lots of issues when it could add to the problems?" Um, which is a great point. You know, every, everything that's added, however tangential, 
you know, it, it, things that, that have been added to the game have been affecting, have been have been creating and changing bugs in wildly different parts of the game. It, it stand, you know, it is reasonable to assume that adding fleet carriers would would add more bugs or change change the existing ones. So. It, that is a great point that actually fixing the current build before putting more stuff on it makes sense from a from a, a building point of view um from a, a sort of um i guess like a uh just developing anything really and um and psycho cowers uh, says um in response that this feels more like a convenient excuse for a delay that was already coming which sort of um supports what sham was saying um, in Twitch chat, I think, uh, nopil3os, or nopilsos, sorry if I've mispronounced your name, um, they say, FDF is spinning this in a way that it provides 1G of gravity. <laughs> Should have read that before reading it, not really. Go on, Chad. Um, um, yeah, so you were right in that we haven't got any evidence that it's spinning and stuff like that. My my thought is well if it walks like a duck and cracks like a duck it's a it's a duck. I, I just asked the question and I think okay what suits what fits the most in terms of behaviour and message mm. and putting a good spin on this, as Kale said the delay for carriers was coming it was coming and it's putting a suitable spin on that bad news is what it is because that's yeah, the only that's thing exactly, that makes yeah. sense. That was my initial impression as well. Absolutely. Tell you what, though, if carriers are so bloody complex that they're, they're a year and a half late, God, my expectations are going to be through the roof by next summer. I'll be expecting, like, billiard rooms and jacuzzis and, and space legs and all the rest of it. Honestly, I don't think for most of Not Horizons Beyond, I don't think for most of the Beyond chapter... Frontier actually had even the design of carriers worked out. Well, they weren't um, meant. They weren't meant for to be with for all the players. They were meant to be for for squadrons only. And in my opinion, they only make sense when they are for squadrons mm. as a whole. You know, there, there is no point apart from a very very minor and and arguable. Do we know um, that they're only meant to be for squadrons? I can't remember that. They were. They were. Sandro Samarco originally in in 2017 at, at Frontier Expo. He said, "Your squadron will now be able to um, club okay. together to buy a fleet carrier." And then, without explaining the change or even highlighting that the policy had changed, um, it was announced with this 2019 batch of fleet carriers that they would be for for players. So for somewhere everyone. somewhere between 2017 and 2019, that policy changed. Um, but I definitely think that. Cute of a saying, jacuzzis confirmed. Yes, sweet. Sean, <laughs> um, what do you reckon? Yeah, just a thought, Sue. You know how we've been talking a couple of times over the past year or so of how there was such a high technical debt in the game that it may be the only way to do it is to scrap a whole loads of it and start again. We have hypothesized that, yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering whether delaying the fleet carriers to then is then, if you like, adding the fleet carriers into... Elite version 1.5 or whatever we, you know, whatever yeah. the rewritten version is going to be, because it may be the instancing and everything else like that is so broken that having to rewrite the lot of it. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm trying to be a bit kind of generous here in my in my thinking. <laughs> but I was just thinking if you've got something that has taken 
two years or more of all the developers because we know the 2020 stuff hasn't wasn't just kicked off last year it's been going for a while they moved from pre-production into production in august 2018 yes yeah, so it's it's a it's been all going been going a long time so i'm just wondering whether or not the 2020 update is going to be the complete rewrite that we've hypothesized about yeah, could be. I would. I would really. I. I would be perfectly happy if it came out and said, "We're we're we're rebuilding it from the ground up. The current build is all you'll get for the next year." I. I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, ben, just thinking about following on from what Shan was saying. So I don't know if a certain game to do with guilds and wars and things like that that you play, Shan, do this. But I know another game to do with worlds and wars. Um, they have like the 4.0 branch of the game, which is essentially the same as 3.99 whatever, but with the essentially it's got the new patch in there, but none of the new content, and they allow that to bed in for a wee while, and then they go off and roll out the new expansion. Yeah, a couple of years ago, well, actually more than yeah, four years ago, or how long was. Uh, I really in there introduced something what they called the living story, or the living world, sorry. Yes. And for the first season, they did content updates every two weeks. So every two weeks, you would get a story and a content, significant content update. And the way they did it is they had several teams. So they had one team working on the content update, going to be in two weeks. Another one working on the, the next two weeks update and then another team moving in and fixing the bugs that was found so there was constant rotation of creating content fixing bugs creating content fixing bugs in that in that kind of cadence mm -hmm. now eventually they kind of like it didn't quite burn them out but what it's was not exactly was, sustainable well the, the players got tired of updates more than arena yeah. did but oh, wow. still, still wow. what they still what they have but they still have a concept of your living world update that's coming out, the one after that, and bug fix, and whatever. So they have these multiple teams doing circulation round, but the consist the consistent thing is, is they're always working on bug fixing and new content at the same time. And that's where my thought was coming from, as well, why aren't Frontier doing this? Because the way I see it, that's the way games companies work. You have your patch, you have your patch to cut your content, coming the one after that and you have bug fixing and i don't understand unless it's a resourcing issue why frontier aren't doing that mm, okay so um uh commander uh, phoenix defire of um the lave radio crew said earlier it sounds like a sm the small number of devs working on the live elite dangerous build have been ordered down tools on the fleet carriers update and fix and shift focus sorry to fix bugs instead once the game is more stable, then they'll move back onto fleet carriers next year. That says to me that no new content for Elite Dangerous apart from the fleet carriers until the 2020 update. Uh, sad face. Uh, and then he finishes with, that's what the open letter wanted, and that's what they've got. So, so his take on it is very much that this is a negative thing, and it's the community's fault for being whiny. Um, so, um, so lots of different, lots of different opinions on um, amongst the Lave Radio team. One thing that was touched on earlier that I wanted to to come back to was this this idea of what is a bug fix. And somebody was saying a couple of people earlier said, "Oh God, this means that there's not going to be overhauls to CQC and multi crew and power play and all the rest of it." And that you know so, some other questions about 
things that would probably more accurately be called balance tweaks rather than bug fixes. Um, my instinct on this, and I'm really interested to hear what you guys think, but my instinct is that it will be a case of the squeakiest hinge gets the oil. So it'll be the the bugs that are affecting the most number of players as as according to the uh, the bug tracker will be the ones that get that get addressed and they will be bugs there will be the game not behaving as intended whereas balanced tweaks and overhauls to features like multi crew and uh, power play and cqc and stuff they don't they won't be touched because they are the game working as intended uh, and the issue there being that players just don't like how the game how how those features behave um but that doesn't mean that they they're not intended um what, what what's your view do you do you reckon it'll just be bugs according to the bug tracker or or could should people still be optimistic for balance tweaks as well bugs according to the bug tracker yeah yeah that's what i think ben i yeah i hope bugs according to the bug tracker too to be honest you know there are a lot of bugs out there a lot of bugs that have been out there for a long time and if I, as a developer, knew that I had potentially sort of like three, four months to actually dig in and fix this fundamental bug that is that we keep having to overlook because we never have the time to implement it, I'd be delighted. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, oh, and now I'm on. just going to provide myself a counter argument to that. Go on. If, on the other hand, 2020 is essentially Elite Dangerous 2.0 and it's a new code base and all that kind of stuff, what's the point of doing all this bug fixing? <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, players need... I mean, they don't want to switch the servers off for a year. They do want to... Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I definitely am of the opinion that that new that, that veteran players are not the focus but um, for mm -hmm. the 2020 update. But I, de but I still don't... I still think that Frontier would not want the publicity that comes along with having to say that the, the game wasn't working so they switched it off for a year i, I don't think they'd do that it, it, it's profitable it you know it's a it, yeah. it washes its face and then some there is an incentive to make sure it's running and that people are happy playing it <laughs> i'm sorry i'm now thinking and then what we're going to wind up getting in about 10 years time we'll get elite dangerous classic edition yeah. which was <laughs> you know, essentially elite dangerous before we had horizons <laughs> Plus all the quality of plus various bug fixes, but no quality of life things. So it's just as hard, just as much of an economic pain in the arse as it was in Gamma. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I remember that. I, I remember <laughs> being imp being really pleased with myself in my E-rated Cobra Mark III when I mm. managed to make a, a profit of thirty thousand credits on a trade run. <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah. Back in my day, we were uphill both ways and all that malarkey. <laughs> I remember um, being in saving up for a Diamondback Scout and finding a mission that paid two hundred thousand credits. Fuck mm. me, that was that was so good. Great Wait, days, going, going back to the Onion Head Wars, I, I remember doing that because that that was really early on in the game that yeah. they started basically literally right after release. Um, so December, what a I can only remember game years thirty three hundred. What was that? Two hundred two thousand fourteen. Let's do thirty three hundred. Yeah, thirty three hundred. Uh, and go, being all proud of myself with my E rated Cobra and uh, going fighting in the conflict zones there. One thing is is you could actually fight in a conflict zone in an E-rated car. So the, the AI and the, the, the general 
hardness of uh, conflict zone alloys has uh, enemies has um, somewhat increased a bit. There's been a but lot other, of creep. But the other thing is, there, there is also a ton of players in it, and I was. I was very disturbed that so many of them were fighting for the Federation against the Farmers Union of Capricorn Assis. So, um, uh, and uh, I got blown up a few times. I actually wrote down the names of the commanders who blew me up so I could get revenge later. I never did, but... Do you think they were actually chose the Federation because they were Federation supporters, or did they look in the conflict zone, see the Federation were winning, and decided to pick that side? Uh, I don't know. I I think a lot of people did it for role play reasons. I did because we, well, we won in the end, uh, and we didn't win the first round. We we lost the battles, but we won the war. But yeah, I remember in my my e race. That's that's when I remember I I, I really must upgrade my Cobramat three to D rated. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember the, the first time I got uh, killed by a player, somebody in an Asp Explorer. And in those days, the Asp Explorer, it was terrifying. It had six hard points, because they have six hard points. And if you're in an E-Racing Carpera, yeah, yeah, uh, you get this burn. It had a plasma accelerator on this thing. And I, I got hit by these kind of balls of purple death and died in like one shot. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the Asp being scary. Um, uh, yeah, it used to, I used to. I used to fly until let's see. During the Lou Wars, I I flew my ass. Well, I flew my Cobra and an Aspect Explorer. And uh, well, it was after the Lou Wars actually. I'd, I was still in the Cobra for the uh, Lou Wars, and then uh, after that, because I remember doing a one of the early 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 community goals. It was a, it was a rares trading one, so the Asp was brilliant. And I had this. I put six rail guns on it, and this guy, <laughs> this guy, this pirate uh, poster build. This yeah, the, <laughs> this guy pulled me over in a he was in a cover mark three. He pulled me over and made a demand. And so I pointed my asp, extended my hard points, and I shot at him and he lost all his shields about three quarters of his hull in a single shot. Yeah. And, and the asp none. <laughs> I the asp used to be damn powerful. I mean I, I felt when I first got my asp and I, I upgraded it a little bit. Yeah, I, I felt nigh on invincible. Oh, I, yeah. I love that as a battle. I mean, before engineering, it was it wasn't a bad yeah. battleship. Um, great. I even did some PvP in it. Um, although usually it ended up with me running away with a broken canopy, but I managed to not die. Usually, it's um, it's it's pretty nippy when you've got decent drives on it as well. Yeah. Um. So uh, another couple of questions, I suppose. Um. I guess we could. Sh- probably round off the main discussion um i think it's fair to say that the when reading will's post today uh that the petition of a couple of weeks ago worked um that his post very much said we've heard you we're 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 making pretty serious changes to our schedule and our processes um you'll you'll get what you want you'll have you know you'll have beaters you'll have big focus on bug fixing all that sort of thing um one thing that came up a couple of times during uh, the pitches in itself was the idea that if it succeeds, it sets a negative precedent for future interactions between the, the community and Frontier. Do, do you think that the undoubtable success of the, uh, the undeniable success of the petition augurs poorly for 
things in future? Do you think that people will be vocally throwing their toys out the pram and creating petitions for, for whatever they want changing in the future? Um, does it set that kind of precedent? Or was this a necessary one-off and a proportional response from Frontier that, that doesn't necessarily commitment commit them to making any changes under similar pressure in future? It look it has the appearance that throwing one's toys out of the pram, signing petitions, and whinging changes things. Hmm. Whether or not it's being used as to create like a win to hide the bad news that carriers are being delayed, I'm not so sure. Because if you think about what we, what I hypothesised earlier, was that if carriers were ready for December they wouldn't have delayed them up to six months. So if you've got that in the background and you need a message to cover that delay up and make it appear as though you're listening to the community and changing your tank and all the sorts of stuff like that, it's an ideal thing to hang that message on. Mm. So I let attention away from the fact carriers were going to be late. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, that may be an awfully cynical way of looking at it, but... If you if you look at that statement, this spin for me it makes perfect sense. You've got to you've got to bury bad news somehow and make it appear a positive thing. So you say we listened, we've done this, we're concentrating on bug fixes, we're doing beaches. So you kind of give the image of doing yeah. what people wanted to to cover over the fact that you've had to hide some bad news in there. Yeah, well, I'm probably very cynical of me to think that, but. Hey, no, 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 that 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 uh, that's a very reasonable reading of it. I think definitely. I think as communications go, it's pretty effective. Um, it's the most positive way. I've, I I don't remember taking bad news this positively for uh, a while, and there have been many many similar forum posts basically saying, "Sorry to let you down. It's everything's going to be later, less diminished further down the line." Etc. Over the last three years, so. Um, so another devil's advocate question, Steve. Why are you feeling positive about something that you think is spin? Because I don't care about fleet carriers and I am disproportionately annoyed by bugs. I'm a veteran player. I've um, I've engaged with this, all, the, all the game systems now quite a lot. I'm very familiar with and bump up against the bugs a lot to the point where they're a detriment to play. Um, if I'd been playing for 60 hours in total, then probably I'd still be still be lucking about reveling and being in a spaceship and I wouldn't notice a lot of them. But when you've been playing quite a lot for five years, you 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 notice bugs and they annoy you. Um, fleet carriers, I think, will make the game worse. I don't think everyone and their dog needs to own a capital ship. I think that'll I, th I think that'll change the the, the the feel of the galaxy for the worse. Um, that's my opinion. Um, and uh, definitely um, definitely open to being changed. Um, but but I guess my point is that my the reason I'm positive about it is from from very personal perspective, because they, in terms of the way I place priorities on things. Another question uh, that I'm not sure has been answered yet is interstellar initiatives. Does this change affect the schedule for those? Because we, we, the last thing we heard about these was, was that they were going to continue um, every six weeks or so um, until uh, the 2020 update. Does anybody know whether that has changed? Has there been a post, you know, has, has, has any of the posts mentioned that? As far as I'm aware, everything there's been no content on IA front, has there? Have you seen anything, Shan or Mark? No, nothing at all. I, I would be, I would imagine this is not going to disturb the because the interstellar initiatives have probably been they're probably kind of business as usual stuff, 
and uh, I think we were throwing in basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right then. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll we'll move on. Um, we'll move on to um, to community stuff next. I think we've we've sort of done this to, to death. Is there anything that anybody would like to uh, to comment on a little bit more about the announcement? Do you want to mention the results of our very unscientific poll? Was that our poll? <laughs> I didn't realise that. Oh yeah, right. Well, um, I went off and asked it at the start of the show. Go on then, Ben. Take us through so, the poll. I went and asked everyone on the live stream, are they pleased with today's poll, with today's announcement? And we had a massive 24 votes, so, you know, good good something there. And 14 people say no, 4 people say yes, and 6 people say I'm a banana. I'm a banana. Mm. Uh, okay, so interesting I, that most I people was, don't. I was surprised, actually, out of everyone who responded how many of them were thought that weren't pleased with today's announcement. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, I felt genuinely fairly positive about it. 60%. Um, yeah, but you and I don't, you and I don't want fleet carriers. Exactly. If you, if you wanted fleet carriers, this would be a massive blow. Oh, if, I, if I cared about fleet I, carriers, I'd I be I, I do want fleet carriers, particularly for the exploration stuff. But on the other hand, I also want to see the bugs fixed, and I think that I think you I think the, this is what they should have been doing all along, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, no, this is what no we were doing. This was what the I thought the whole point of the deck chair rearrangement that was the Beyond series. I thought the whole point of that a year of fixing the, the I, underlying code. Anyway, there could be, well. Uh, this is where we just don't know what's needing to be fixed, what fixes are strategic. What fixes are are sort of more tactical fixes, and what things are oh shit, we really need to design this whole new game. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just don't know any of that. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it yeah, could be that. Yeah, it could be the you know they they spent twenty twenty. You know, for example, September update, something that looked like it really shouldn't have touched anything. Yet every single part of the whole game was broken. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about the store here and arcs and stuff like that. And you know, it's like, why the hell would that go off and break everything? And the only reason I can think that would break everything is because in the background they've been touching all the things um, in preparation for 2020. I suspect. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just watching Mac nudging my crate because I was sitting here on flight assist off and he's just gently nudging my crate trying to make it dance. So it could be that they're doing all these things to go off and make the game more stable at a strategic level and we just don't see any of those changes because you know, in some respects they're nothing to do with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe they'll be doing that as well as various tactical bug fixes that are a bit more visible. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Not a big white knight at the moment, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, aren't we all? Um, anyway, yeah, I think that's. Um, no, that's true. No, he's not. Well, he is sometimes. He was, he was very yeah. white knighty about the petition. I've never yeah. seen anyone as white knighty as Shan. Shan and Wotherspoon were the two biggest white knights. Petition, I think. Anyway, uh, shall we move on? Yes. 
Cool. Okay. What's been going on in the community? We've had two featured commanders since the last show, um, and both of them are fairly dear to our hearts. We have our... Um, the first was um, our frequent guest and uh, buckyballer commander, Alec Turner, uh, who was the featured commander last Thursday. Um, actually, can we... Um, Silent Tech, can we drop a... Can we drop the links to the two... Um, feature commanders into the Twitch chat because they are um, one of them's fairly dear to my heart. Well, actually, both of them are because Alex lovely. Um, so yeah, feature commander on Thursday was um, was Alec Turner, him off of Buckyball, and um, feature commander yesterday was it was Sagittarius Eye, which is um, the magazine that I help make, and uh, which is great. Uh, we we did our first. Um, I remember being. I think we we either approached or were approached by Frontier like at the beginning of the year and we filled out the Q and a, uh, and then Paige came back to us last week with, um, saying that, that she was going to slot us in as soon as possible. And could we revise the text? And, uh, and it was all out of date, obviously the whole thing, but, um, but she, she let us, uh, put loads of our favorite spreads and front covers and images and stuff in, um, which is great. And, um, and it's a really nice, um, it's really nice to see the work of what is about 70 people, trumpeted by frontier i think featured commander is a really really lovely touch actually it's a it's a really nice thing that they do um do you those with long memories have they been doing it since the beginning or is it a recent thing it's been a grant our very own commander psycho was the original featured commander if i remember correctly oh silent tech wow and they've been doing it on and off for years Hmm. okay yeah cool so, well, any yeah. commanders listening, how does one become a featured commander? Do we know that? Don't you apply for it? If you want to be a featured commander, you get in touch. There's a form to fill in. And I think, I think at Sag Eye, we filled it in a year or so ago. <laughs> um, Frontier's communication is great, okay? <laughs> it's there in black and white. In they, other news, they should make uh, Rinsler the featured commander next, or Harry Potter. That'll set the cat amongst <laughs> the pigeons. <laughs> I actually think he might have been one already. The SDC were featured commander at one. Hmm. There was a there was a, a, a very inflammatory Q and A with SDC, which is quite amusing. Which is back in three three oh two, or I think, or three three oh one. Yeah, I was going back a bit. Yeah. Um, ben, do you want to take us through the um, the Hutton Truckers upcoming event? The Hudson Truckers will be doing a player-with-player player base assault on Frontier's stream on Thursday. Uh, uh, will will be in command, and H the Hudson Truckers have been advertising for participants in the Hudson Facebook group, which would explain why this is the first I heard about it, because I don't go on Facebook, because Facebook sucks. <laughs> Amen. Agreed. Um, but yes, if you want to give Facebook all your details and things like that, and get involved with that, then the Hudson Truckers Facebook group is awesome, and it's a lot of you know the truckers are awesome. We love the we love the truckers; they're great. Um, we, we nearly are the truckers, aren't we? Aren't most well, of us? Aren't most of us truckers? I'm not. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the Hudson. I I definitely consider Hudson Orbital Radio and Hudson Truckers as kind of being our illegitimate sister or something like that. <laughs> That's put a really weird image in my head. Um, anyway, so that's great. Um, yes. So, are they doing it? Are they doing it over the course of Thursday evening or afternoon? So, this, so do it, you know how Frontier do their live streams on Thursday nights? So, as usually, yeah. 
it I don't I don't know if it's going to be six o'clock or seven o'clock, but usually either either one of those times, mm. Frontier have a live stream on Thursdays, and during this live stream they'll be doing a base assault, and Will will be coordinating everything. Jolly good. That'll be interesting. That'll be yeah. fun. And I've taken part in a few of these base assaults in the past, and no pun intended, they have been a blast. Oh, cool. You know, just driving in, it's like suddenly, you know, you arrange all the, you arrange all of the, um, all, all the tactics and what you're going to do, and then it's like, right, air, air wing, go, land wing, go, you know, people taking on the turrets, go, and it's like, everything's all coordinated and like, in, and they're like, ah, so much fun. <laughs> how um, many people, um, how many people are doing it, do you think? I have no idea how many is doing this one. I know the one I did had there was about forty of us, and it was a complete zerg rush against the poor base. We just we I think we owned the poor base so quickly it was ridiculous. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd like to get involved in that. That sounds great fun. It was great fun. Yeah, is it uh, uh, is it open or is it just Hutton Truckers? Go on, Tusson Orbital Plage and sign up. I suspect. <laughs> just fucking Google it. All right, all right, fine. No, oh, I'm um, reading what they said. Ah, right, so okay. they say, you know, we've been advertising for participants in the Hutton Facebook group. <laughs> um, Commander Bo- uh, Boloxim, um, sorry if I've mispronounced your name, presumably that's intentional, um, says, after last week's CQC-focused episode, I thought I would try again. Presumably he means at CQC. Now, I'm not saying this was coded, but it, and it might be an ARC's bug side effect, because why not, but I played on... PS4 and got two wins, which gave me two deathmatch trophies, one of which was 25 wins. Not quite sure what you mean here, Bollocks. Do you mean that? Do you mean you got arcs? You 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 got two deathmatch trophies, one of which gave you 25 arcs. Um, I don't think he got arcs. I think he he literally does mean he got. Um, so on the PlayStation, unlike on the PC, they they've got achievement points essentially. Okay. Cool. Hmm, um, yeah, obviously on the PC we don't have any of this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> Oh dear, Mac Winston's actually moved me out of view of my camera. <laughs> uh and he says it was a good incentive for those PS4 trophy hunters to join CQC. He hasn't tried Team Deathmatch or Capture the Flag, mainly because no one's ever joined those. Um but um but yeah, it does sound like there's the potential for PS4 to be um a little bit busier than than it would otherwise be if there's a if there's an out of game reward system for it. We didn't we didn't realise that was the case. So thanks for letting us know about that, Boxen. Well, you. it's just it's just achievement points. But you know, if you like your achievement points, then that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so Harry of Fragland, the LARP event, is doing a special Elite Dangerous LAN uh, event on the fifteenth to the seventeenth of November at his house near Peterborough. The idea is to get a LAN together and do a group slash wing co-op and do group slash wing co-op stuff for the whole weekend. But, uh, there are limited places, um, as he has said, a maximum of sixteen people, but it should be a great weekend. Um, they've asked that we give that a shout out, so uh, so here we are. We're doing so. We will uh, direct the um, we'll pop the the link to the Facebook page in the um, in the chat so people can um, people can find it and I'm sure it will be first come first served but that does actually look super good fun and it's nice and central as well land parties are brilliant they are they're if so you've good been to the land party, it's worth going I, it's been years since I've been to a proper like land party over at someone's house um, but yeah we used, to, we used to play like Quake and stuff like that it's absolutely brilliant 
Anyway, that is, that's broadly it for this episode of Lave Radio. Does anyone else have any other business before we, before we round up? I made Triple Elite. Yes, you did. Yes, you said that. Congratulations. And, and that, that, um, that song, I, I had that as an earworm for days and days because I, I hit Triple Elite. I thought, oh, I've got to listen to it. The, the, Sorry, what song? There is a um, there is an elite the musical, believe it or not, that was written way way before. Oh, the, the one that David Be- uh, Ian Bell's. Yeah, that's the one, and it's. I like, am elite. I am elite. I love. I, I won't sing because I'll scare all your listeners off. Um, but yeah, it's. <laughs> uh, I had that stuck in my head literally for days. <laughs> yeah, you have my sympathy there. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, I made truffle elite. <laughs> nice. Oh, hard work. Was you... Elite the last one? What was the last yeah, one? it was. Uh, if I got Exploration first. Uh, that was not long after the Jaunt to Jacks I got that because um, I had a fairly short-range Python. It was lots of jumps and lots of exploring. And I, I actually looked in Anara. I didn't get um, Trading Elite till last year. And then I just got. Um, I, I I I I I did the home stretch for the combat. We had a like back to back wars in the EIC, and uh, basically I didn't take my because the crew nicked half your uh, half of your progress, so yeah. I didn't take my my fighter pilot along. And what do you mean they take half your progress? Do you mean towards the? Yeah. Uh, no way. They, they do. They take. They take. Half your half your uh, elite racing progress, um, yeah, or something like that. They take have, some have of you it. Not, have you not been listening to what Shan's been saying about crew members for the past so, years? If you if you want to progress your uh, combat elite, don't take your crew member along. Um, and the conflict zones are actually much better now. I had no idea that having a crew member cannibalizes your um, yeah. your progression. That's amazing. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they rob everything. They do, and it's quite surprising. Once I decided, because I thought, well, because I, I, I took my crew member along just to make the, because the, the, the priority was to win the rounds of battle uh, first off. But I thought, well, I don't actually, I can't, it, I, I really noticed the difference in speed and gaining rating once I ditched my crew member and went it alone. Um, but yeah, the, the, other, the other one, good, good one for elite racing, is if you solo the wing assassination missions you get three or four engineered elite opponents you'll want an engineered ship to do that though sorry just say, say, say that again if you if you're soloing what the if you if you solo wing assassination missions if you're doing bgs work um yeah. you'll often find uh like uh, a wing assassin you know assassinate known pirate whoever and they almost always consist of an engineered Ferdinand and some vultures, all elite rated. So um, they're pretty good for. Uh, they're not they're not as quick as conflict because conflict zones are, are a much more target rich environment, of course. But um, so so are you saying that you you definitely need crew member for assassination missions? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, it's helpful because the trouble is, what happens? They all tend to focus you, uh, and your crew member can at least stop them from focusing for you. It's because it, they're, they're usually like three or four engineered ships. So you need quite a tanky ship yourself. Mm. And sometimes it's nice to uh, get them off, off you. But if you sorrow them without your wingman, they're again, they're quite good for elite rating, um, but they're, they're, they're reasonably tough. 
uh, to solo. Um, yeah, I've, I've you're definitely yeah, I've, engineered ship to do it. I've lost a, uh, I've lost a ship on one of those assassination missions, actually. Yeah, because many moons ago, um, my quickest way of getting combat raking was actually um, compromised map beacons. Because if you go to Hazreses, you don't tend to get as many ships per hour as in compromised map beacons. Mm. Uh, and now I believe the quickest way to get combat elite is to kill Thargoid scouts. Because yeah, every single one of them elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm on. Um, I'm on about ninety-two percent dangerous. Um, but actually, I prefer seeing dangerous next to my name than the word deadly. So I'm actually in no hurry to rank up. I do, however, want to rank my crew up. Um, so I'm sticking to um, sticking to conflict zones at the moment because it has the, the gone. The good news for your crew is they rank up awfully quickly. They um, do, yeah. They do seem to. They do the, seem to. The, the, the one rank. thing with the crew is until your crew is probably deadly or elite, I wouldn't take them to conflict zones because there's one. The, the winning condition is that there's like a destroy this many ships, and you've got to do it quicker than the enemy does it. If your crew member fighter gets shot down that actually counts against you. you. You'll actually see the enemy's success number go up. So, really? Yes. So you want huh. your crew member to be decent. I mean, I did not know that. I lose shit. I lose, I lose crew yeah. members in conflict zones all the time. I didn't realize yeah. it. See, I actually think, and this is purely from my own experiments on them, um, that NPC crew, in some cases, get worse the more they rank up. <laughs> Okay, we're we're going grossly over time, but this is fascinating. Why? Well, for example, um, if I had if I had a expert crew member, it will quite happily shoot reasonably accuracy to its heart content. Heart content. If you go to a deadly or elite one, it will hold off firing until it thinks it's in best place to shoot which isn't necessarily the case. So what you end up with, you end up with a very skilled crew member at flying around, but not very good at shooting things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and okay, funny. I, I even went as far as to analyze the sorts of crew members that did this, because you know you get different accents in mm. the crew. You know, you get like, there's a normal American accent, or if you're really rare, English accent. Yeah. Well, the most American accent uh, crew members shoot indiscriminately. <laughs> ah, that explains <laughs> my mind so good then. Uh, while, while English, while English ones don't tend to shoot at all. I, I had one uh, who sounded suspiciously like Joanna Lumley, and she was uh, she was dangerous and was still shit. So. I, I've I've had my crew member for so long now. Seymour Gregorian, his name is, and he's <laughs> one of the American accented ones. And he's got this really gravelly voice. Anyway, he shoots quite well, but I I almost lost him. I joined the zero percent club uh, in a. I managed to get, get focus. You know, you get those those rail gun, those small ships with rail guns in conflict zones. Anyway, about a dozen of them decided to focus me and. I just had to run, and I was I was just waiting for my ship to explode around my ears, realizing my crew member, who I've had since 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 SOFs came out, practically was about to die. But yeah, I actually I, I actually joined the zero percent club with my elite rated crew member. That's the closest we've ever got. <laughs> I would have had to I would have had to, I would have cried. I'd had to hold a funeral or something. Oh dear, my friend, um, a friend lost his. 
one that he'd had basically since they came out uh, fighting a Thargoid the other day. That was a, a moving moment. Um, Commander Lenin in chat says, uh, NPC crew romancing when? Well, that is the question, isn't it? That and pets. You'll I have to write stories on an RF about romance. You must have a very... <laughs> Commander Lenin, you must have a very twisted libido if you think any NPC crew is actually attractive enough to romance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mostly, yeah. they tend to look like variations of Wayne Rooney. right on that note we'll wrap up um nobody's got any more business have they um mac is a disgustingly high achiever shan is still the richest man who's ever lived uh anything from you ben presumably not nope he's gone cool uh so that is it for another episode of lave radio um Oh, I've, I've forgotten to do the shout-outs. Bugger. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on Thursday from 8.30, and you can tune in there um, at tv.forthemug.com, um, or just for the audio, you can go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC, you should go to uh, the CQC Discord, where you can find our friends that we chatted to last week at discord.me forward slash elite dangerous cqc um thank you very much to those in twitch chat and in game who have um chipped in this evening it's been great having your comments and stuff um if you'd like to get in touch with the show then please do email info at laveradio.com or um, find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash lave radio um, you can find us on twitter um at lave radio or you can join our discord server at discord.io forward slash lave radio we, uh, we still have a TeamSpeak server, um, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Um, if you have any comments for things that you'd like us to discuss or cover in the future or questions or want to touch on anything that you heard talked about tonight, then please do, uh, please do drop us an email or a tweet, um, and we will definitely, um, definitely revisit things and, um, and take requests. Uh, Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Thank you to... Uh, oh, Ben, what the hell do you want? You you have missed a shout-out that was in the show notes. I can't see it anymore. Somebody's gone off and edited the show the shout-out out to Commander Starion because a friend of his is getting married and I can't see the... Because somebody's gone off and deleted it, I can't see who's getting married. A friend uh, of a commander is getting married. Do we think we might be scraping the barrel a bit? Well, Commander Starion asked us a while ago if we asked us in game, if not in game, in Twitch, if we could give them a shout out, and I had it all written down, and it's all bloody well gone now. Okay, well, if you know Commander Starion, and there it is, um... uh, Grant's just undeleted. What are you doing, Grant? <laughs> Hang on, on I'm, keep going, Grant. We had it for a second. I don't, I don't think it was on there. It was. I just saw it. I just saw Grant undelete it. He undeleted the uh, the questions, but. Yes, and where is it? This is oh. a unique. This is a unique thing in the history of Lay Radio. Is Ben is actually reading the show notes. <laughs> Grant, where's it gone? It was. I, you literally just undeleted this again. You literally just deleted it again. I, I, I don't think it was there, Ben. It really was. I saw it. I told, I saw it two seconds ago as Grant was doing Control Z, Control Z, Control Z, and then he went one too far. Um, well, can we just shout out to Commander Starion's friend now? Or where, when are they getting married? 
And what sort of friend are they? I mean, are they worthy enough of a they, they might be a, They might be a, a special friend, friend. Apparently it's Commander Sabre84. Is Commander Sabre84 getting married? Apparently. Congratulations, Commander Sabre84. Have a bloody brilliant day. Uh, fly safe. Stay with the greens <laughs> on the way out. Always fly with a rebuy. And, all, Sorry, and other Brant's, good advice. Is, the, the silent cow is saying, I can re-delete. I can't re-delete. I didn't delete it. It was an undo. When I deleted my bit after you wrote it. What a fucking fantastic time to be on. <laughs> Something happened somewhere and we did stuff, okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you, Ben, for that interruption. Um, thank you, Commander Shan, for being dashing and marvellous as usual. Thank you, Mac, for joining us um, at short notice and uh, yep. lending your um, well-informed opinions. And thank you to our silent cow uh, for being such an excellent tech. Um, until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Digest 22nd of October, not September. The September update is finished with 33.05. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, someone is trying to kill us. Dav the Starman. Walking around heightens religious schism. Someone is trying to kill us. 
As commanders work around the clock to retrieve all the Rockforth EX7 fertiliser they so obligingly spread around the galaxy earlier this month, the Federal Intelligence Agency has announced a breakthrough in its investigation into just what it was about the fertiliser that killed all plants it touched. The Rockforth Corporation, despite its apparently slightly cavalier approach to certification, would probably agree that a fertiliser that kills everything it touches cannot be considered a very good fertiliser. It seems unlikely that if, during the initial trials, all the crops sprinkled with the fertiliser had immediately shriveled up and died, that the Rockforth Corporation would have been quite so enthusiastic about making it available on the general market. So it comes as no surprise that the Federal Intelligence Agency suspects a third-party agent has contaminated the fertiliser. The FIA, working with Rockforth Corporation, has identified a massively effective synthetic contaminant pathogen in the fertiliser that Rockforth denies any knowledge of. Rockforth's slack practices regarding testing and certification, coupled with what must be rather slack security at their manufacturing facility in Aguada, appear to have allowed an unknown agent to wander in, pour in the contaminant to the fertiliser and wander out again, leaving Rockforth Corporation and greedy members of the Pilots' Federation to act as the vector spreading the contagion round the galaxy, with both the fertiliser and contaminated food products spreading the blight to agricultural and other systems. Biosecurity checks have been implemented galaxy-wide to prevent further contamination. Who is it that is trying to kill off the population of the bubble? Could it be terrorism? Perhaps it's industrial sabotage aimed at discrediting the Rockforth Corporation. Would any organisation stoop so low as to risk starving billions of people just to affect a corporation's share price? Whoever it is playing fast and loose with the food supplies that keep the people of the galaxy alive, when we find out who it is, the community is certain to come together with a common goal, to eradicate them from the face of the galaxy. Dav the Starman The stars in most systems cannot be mapped like planets. This is because stars are balls of plasma, atomic cores fusing together under immense pressure and heat and the number of mappable continents, cities and branches of McThargoids on the average star is very low. Any branches of McThargoids that are set up on stars tend to melt quicker even than they can give anyone food poisoning. So it comes as a bit of a surprise to visitors to the Maya system to discover that someone by the name of Frontier Dev Dav has successfully mapped all the stars in Maya. All of them, and there are quite a few. What do these maps of the surface of stars contain? Are the words, here be very hot dragons, written round the edges? Will the maps be useful? Is the Pilots' Federation planning to permit landing on stars? Will there be enough heat sinks to go round? Will there be enough sun cream? 
Most excitingly, Frontier Dev Dav has successfully mapped Maya B, which is a black hole. So there's one person in the galaxy who can see beyond the event horizon. Almost as far as the 3306 update. Walking around heightens religious schism. A video of someone walking on the surface of a planet, or at any rate, in a base on the surface of a planet, has sparked religious controversy amongst commanders. Adherents of the Church of the Living God David Braben believe that commanders are born welded to their flight seats and that the ability to walk around will be granted not in this life, but in the next. And that the video is heresy, and it was done in unity anyway, so it must be false witness, as fake as the Icarus Cup. By contrast, the Church of the Latter-day Saint Chris Roberts believes that commanders are not only able to walk around, but also to walk through walls and fall through planetary surfaces. All they need to do is believe hard enough and buy another Idris. To this latter group, the video is a sign of the coming of the second age of the galaxy, although it may not become manifest until the end of next year. Adherents of the two religions are expected to continue slinging mud at each other, as has become traditional. In related news, pictures have emerged of Thargoids, that suggests that humanity may have known much more about Thargoids than previously believed. The artwork may have been sponsored by the mysterious and controlling entity known as the Club, or it may simply have been Beetlejude fulfilling her 10 pictures a day quota for Inktober. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.